Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Fitness guru Joe Wicks, also known as the Body Coach, is known for helping to get people. He's got four million followers on Instagram, so he's been helping an awful lot of people get into shape. And his lockdown PE classes were a savior for many a parent during the pandemic. But lately, after opening up about his tough childhood, he has turned his attention to the importance of looking after your mental health. And Joe joins me on the line now. How are you doing, Joe? I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. It's great to have you. Now, Joe, you have a new book out, Feel Good Food, and the focus is on eating to feel good. So you've obviously drawn a, a big link there. Well, you haven't. There, we do know that there is a link between eating well and mental health. Do you think that message is is getting through sufficiently in this day and age? I think it's something that people are becoming more aware of. I think, you know, we often associate exercise with, you know, boosting our mood and that kind of, dopamine chemical you hear about a lot but actually science shows now that actually the gut produces a lot of dopamine and so there's a huge connection now between the food we eat and how it really changes our our mood and how we feel so this book it's always about healthy food it has been from the start but the narrative around you know the actual the message behind the book is really about eating to feel good yeah what kind of recipes are you recommending to kind of boost your mood so a lot of it's just you know basic kind of you know keeping it simple, going back to, like, you know, home cooking. So lots of healthy um, fries, you know, curries, kind of wonderful tray bakes and sort of risottos and things, things that you can batch cook. I think it's really important when you're, when you're a family or someone that's busy that the food you cook is easy and it's simple because then you're really going to stick to it and really enjoy the process. So, um, yeah, it's a really, really lovely book. And the message is really about, you know, can you find the time just to prep a little bit on the weekend or get yourself organized and then you're going to batch cook things that are going to really set you up for, healthy eating uh, for a week and you know you're just going to feel fantastic every day uh, Joe I wanted to talk to you about your BBC documentary which aired last week Joe Wicks Facing My Childhood you know it was so touching and so emotional and for listeners who haven't seen it you were kind of talking about how your your father was addicted to heroin and your mother had OCD and eating disorders so quite a lot of mental health issues growing up in the family for you that affected you and it it actually struck me that this is why you seem to really care about other people's health I guess that's from watching your parents go through what they did yes I'm, I'm really glad you got to see it thank you for sharing about that because it's yeah I really want people to see it and, and benefit from it it's all about helping people right that whole thing it's not really just my story it's about how can I inspire and give people hope and some optimism if they are struggling themselves as, as an individual as a family but yeah, it was a tough documentary to film. It was, you know, emotional. I was filming interviews with my mum and dad about things that I didn't remember and things that were depressed. And so, yeah, it was quite a difficult thing, but I'm so proud of it. It's really helped a lot of people. It's, it's got people talking and communicating. But, yeah, you know, no doubt my childhood has given me a drive and determination to want to help others because I was a young carer. I had to care for mum and dad. I had to look after them and make sure they're okay. And that's, that's a part of me now, you know. Yeah, there was a really emotional moment when you said your dad was going to go and get some milk and you, you knew that that was code for he was going to score heroin. When did you understand what, that, that that's what he meant? What age were you? I just remember that, yeah, he used to say, I'm just going to go and pick up some milk and that he would never come back and never come back with milk and it would be sometimes days or six or seven when I started to realise that, that he was really struggling with mental health and he, could, he only could deal with that through drug addiction and through soothing himself with, with heroin. So yeah, I understand my childhood a lot more now. How did you cope with that, Joe? Because obviously when 
people have parents who have mental health issues or maybe addiction, as you mentioned, that you kind of internalised it, that it was your fault. I mean, did you have to get counselling to, to deal with that? I literally, I literally turned to exercise. I just smashed my body up in the gym and I would run and I'd just physically like exhaust myself to a point that I just lost those fears and feelings. It just like almost dissipated. So, you know, I can see now like in my behaviours and my, I've just used it. So I channeled it through fitness and exercise and sport and just released that anger and that aggression. It's it's great because you could have had a very problematic behaviour to deal with that anxiety, like you mentioned. Uh, what was it about the gym that made you keep coming back? You know, it was kind of a healthy obsession, I suppose, if you will. I just remember just feeling better. Like I just remember that when I went to the gym, I did some exercise. I really, really physically pushed myself. Like I just felt so much calmer when I went home, and I wasn't so sort of fearful of the of what I was walking into. And I think some people internalise things and they turn to drugs or alcohol or food or you know, they become addicted to other things. But for me, yeah, like fitness was my thing. Like that was it. I just thought, I need to do this. And I knew if I didn't, I would have struggled with other things. You mentioned that, you know, it helped you deal with what you were walking into when you went home. What was that? How was the addiction and your mum's um, OCD and disordered eating? You know, what was the home life like? It was just chaotic, just like really, you know, fra- frantic and... um like manic, like because my mum was cleaning all the time and it was just confrontation. I had to clean my room twice a day. I had to like, you know, make my bed and hoover all the time and I couldn't take friends home or make noise or take my shoes on. Like, you know, chaos really. And yeah, as a young kid, like you can't deal with that. You can't deal with those emotions. So you do end up turning to something to soothe yourself. And for me, like exercise, that was it. You know, my brother Nicky was much more internal. He didn't talk about things. He bottled up a lot, whereas I was much more verbal. And how are things now? Because obviously there are people who who didn't make it the other side of addiction like that. I mean, your dad is is sober now, and and things are well. Yeah, my dad's clean, and we've got a great relationship now. Like we're we you know we're really really close. We're going on a motorbike trip next 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 month to Spain. But a lot of his friends OD'd or end up in prison. Like so, I'm glad. Like my dad was, you know, it was roulette, like sharing needles and stuff, and all these things that we talk about. Like you know, it's, it's dangerous. It's such a dangerous drug, but he survived and he's here. And I think. He's, he's a great human being, you know, he's, he's very loving and kind and caring. And I think I think he had to go through that difficult phase of his life. But, you know, he's one of a few, rare example of somebody who can kick that kind of addiction. And, you know, he had Narcotics Anonymous. Without, without Narcotics Anonymous, he wouldn't have been where he is. You know, he wouldn't have got clean. So, you know, that, that's a fellowship that's helped him a lot and always will be a part of his life. Obviously, addiction is a form of men- mental ill health, you know, and your mom had her own demons too. And it's kind of a lifelong thing, Um did you worry that maybe it could be your fate as well? I used to think that when I was a kid, I used to be so frightened of like doing drugs. My dad was a drug addict. My, my grandfather's an alcoholic and his grandfather's an alcoholic. It's like depression and anxiety and like just addiction ran in my family. But I don't know. I've ne- I don't think I've been like hit up, hit with that kind of thing. But I do think, you know, maybe exercise and my addiction to work and helping people and what I do is maybe my kind of, it's manifested in a different way but in a positive way I think so many people have this in their families you know really there's there's very few of us who don't have issues you know so I'm wondering how how you're hoping people can kind of break that intergenerational cycle I mean 100% it's so much more prevalent than we think and there's a lot of like people are embarrassed and ashamed to say oh you know my mum's an alcoholic or my dad's battling addiction or he's got bipolar like, people don't want to talk about these things there's a stigma and I don't want people to be embarrassed like it's okay to be vulnerable and show that you're 
struggling and you can get help and you're not alone. And that's the documentary really does that. It shows people that there's hope and there's positivity, there's optimism, even in the darkest of like times and difficult relationships that are so destructive and so upsetting and hurtful that you can you can work through it. Like my dad's clean, We're, we've got a great friendship. A lot of people, when they get hurt and damaged, they never repair and they never make up to make, they never make it up to the person or ever rebuild that. But you know you can get through it. And no matter what you're going through today, it's not forever. It's, things will change. What's the reaction been like since you spoke out? Since it went live, the documentary. Mm. Yeah, it's been amazing. I've been one guy actually walked past me the other day and was like, "We've all been through it. Like, thank you for sharing it." You know, so it's just like people know and people can connect with it and relate to it. Like millions of families have probably seen that and gone, "You know what? I want to talk about something today. I want to reach out to my dad or my mum and you know rebuild maybe a damaged relationship." We all need our mums and dads. We all need our family. Like, we need to keep close to our family. It's such an important part of human happiness and connection that yeah, I just hope it helps a lot of people re- reconnect sometime this week. Well, Joe, it was it was great to kind of get to know that side of you. And I think, as I said, it kind of explains a lot because, you you know, you care so much about people's health. And what always strikes me as well is how, uh, you know, you don't judge anybody. And, and it, it really explains an awful lot of that hearing about your childhood. So it, and I'm sure you have really helped some people feel feel seen and feel like they can they can take action on that. So thank you very much. And thank you very much for joining us on Lunchtime Live today. That's Joe Wicks there and it's such an inspirational story and no doubt that will have brought some comfort to somebody who's listening out there and kind of thinks, well, if Joe can kind of come back from from a childhood like that or, you know, and have such a great relationship with his parents, then that can provide a lot of hope to other people who are dealing with that. Earlier on, we were talking about Dublin Airport and your experiences of the chaotic scenes. We have a text here that says there was a time not so long ago you couldn't get a job in Dublin Airport. It was a job for life, good pay in terms and conditions. Now you have kids on zero hour contracts being paid minimum or just above the minimum wage across all sections with very little protection or benefits, all contracted through agencies for contractors working on behalf of the DAA who were expected to give professional service. Outsourcing caused this. Certainly that was some of the warning bells that were sounded at the time and uh, you know only time will tell whether this is just a bug to iron out or whether those really are the chickens coming home to roost after that decision. Another one here says the obvious answer is to the Dublin airport issues to move flights to other airports but the public transport infrastructure is terrible and another one my 21 year old daughter was flying to the US yesterday for a summer job missed her connecting flight from Heathrow due to delays at Dublin. She will be spending a second night in a hotel in London waiting for a flight out. This has impacted on her job in the US as they're trying to organise a collection for her from Dulles Airport when she gets there to the summer camp where she was supposed to arrive yesterday and begin training. Very stressful for a young woman travelling on her own and I suppose that is some of the real world impact of just those scenes yesterday, a couple of hours and what a difference it makes to somebody's life. We'll have more of your texts and calls coming up after this. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.